Are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors, just like you, about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. Welcome to the Flexible Advisor Podcast with Laura Gregg and David Partain of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds. Laura and David's guest this episode is Dana Wilson of CHIP. And Laura, I'm going to let you tell us more about your guest and her affiliations. I am so excited about today's episode um, because it comes on the heels of FlexShares publishing results of an investor and advisor study that we did on building diverse advisory teams. By doing that research, we sought to understand if and how advisors are bringing diverse talent to our industry. We also surveyed investors because we really wanted to understand whether age, gender, race, or sexual orientation matters when investors are searching for a financial advisor. And the answer to that question is a resounding yes. While most of the investors we surveyed initially told us they didn't have any gender or racial preference, their actions actually told a much different story. The women we surveyed were four times as likely to work with a female advisor. And people of color that we surveyed more often were looking for advisors of color. I think the bottom line is that investors, all of us really, like working with people who we feel get us. So with the U.S. on its way to becoming a minority-majority country, we've got some big problems in our industry. Clearly, we need to draw more people of color into this industry, but for those who are already here, it may be very difficult for investors to even find them. Our guest today is Dana Wilson, and she is someone who is trying to find a solution to these very pressing issues. She's actively engaged on working to connect investors to Black and Latino financial advisors. Dana is the CEO and founder of CHIP, which stands for Changing How Individuals Prosper. CHIP is a digital platform that connects individuals to financial professionals of color. And today, Dana will dive into where the idea came from, how she pursued it, and how advisors and investors can access it. Her work on developing CHIP was featured in Forbes in January of 2020. Dana is also an independent investment advisor at Manhattan Wealth Management in New York City. Prior to that role, she ran her own investment advisory business and has held various investment advisory, hybrid investment planning, and financial management roles at firms such as Merrill Lynch, State Farm, and SunTrust Bank. Dana is a graduate of North Carolina Central University and has been working in the industry for more than a decade. Dana, welcome to the Flexible Advisor podcast. Thank you for having me. It's so weird when you hear your bio read back and it's like, wow, it has been that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very impressive bio and we are thrilled to hear what you're doing. I'm going to have David kick it off. I know he's got a ton of questions. Hi, Dana. Thank you for being on. Considering what's going on in New York City these days, we are very, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're very glad you're here. So thank you. 
And hey, maybe to kick it off, we could start by telling us about your experience in the financial advisory community as you came into this industry as a black woman, you were certainly in the minority of advisors. How did you find it? I'll say it found me. <laughs> I mean, I guess some people do graduate from college and know exactly the role that they want to take. I actually graduated with a degree in marketing, so I had no plans to go directly into finance. I was always pretty good at math. I didn't really see myself actually pursuing pursuing it in that way. But I graduated and two weeks after my career counselor at the time told me to go buy the SunTrust booth. And I'm asking her why, <laughs> because I you know, had made it very clear that I wanted to go into marketing, advertising, uh, felt the pull to be more of a creative. Ended up stopping by and, you know, got a job like most of us do out of college. And I was like, okay, well, I'll take this for a while with the intention of diving back into marketing. And that just didn't really happen. I actually ended up liking it and then <laughs> loving it, loving every aspect of really what it meant to understand money, where it came from, and just how it worked and what people were really doing with it to build that, you know, now the, the term is generational wealth for themselves and for their family. But at that age, in my early 20s, it was really just about learning about what that meant. Kind of having that naive premise that you assume that everyone who has that six, seven figure job knows everything there is to know about money and you get into the banking world and realize that that's not the case and would have a lot of people who you would think were doing very well asking very basic questions. And as an early 20 something, you're very confused <laughs> as to how those people don't know those certain things. But the minute I transitioned myself from banking into private wealth and kind of doing a deeper dive there and really wanting to understand what it meant to invest and, and what it meant to really do other things with your money to make more money, which is a lot of what you heard kind of back in, I guess, the early 2000s when people were really starting to get into tech and, and all that stuff that was going on with other investments. So I just wanted to learn more and deepen my knowledge outside of the reading that I have been currently doing. So I moved more into that sector of the industry. But with that move, just realizing that I was in a place where there weren't many people that looked like me and actually getting to a point in my career where I was becoming very numb to that, just got used to, to seeing it over and over again. And you kind of have that step back where you realize, well, this is just what it looks like, which is a sad thing to feel, but it's a very real feeling where you're not sure if you're going to have that upward more mobility or that support if you're able to get that. But for myself, it was really just kind of seeing seeing that there wasn't many people who, you know, not first of all, not there, not many women, but also just women of color and just black professionals outside of the banking realm where there seems to be a lot more diversity. I'm just shocked, shocked that wealthy people don't know everything to do with their money. I just... Uh, I know. I, I yeah. was shocked before. <laughs> but now there's some years in, you just, you make no assumptions and you learn to make no assumptions about anyone. Yeah, yeah no, I understand, I understand that. So was New York City a new experience for you or did you grow up around there? No, I actually grew up in this area. So originally I'm from uh, Montclair, New Jersey, for anyone who's familiar with Montclair. I had the best experience growing up in Montclair, wouldn't change it for the world. I think at one point it was one of the most diverse towns or, or cities uh, in the U.S. I don't know if that's the case anymore, but it was a great place to grow up. 
and just to grow up around so many different types of people and cultures and really understand that. And after that, I moved down to North Carolina and I went to a historically black college and university, North Carolina Central, as you mentioned earlier. And it was just kind of a different experience for me, an uplifting experience and very encouraging to be around people that look like me who were there to empower me and make me feel like I could do anything when I stepped out to this world. And you really get that confidence um, from going to an HBCU. That's really cool. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. You mentioned working in this business, accepting the fact that you were quote unquote in the minority, a distinct minority, being both a woman and African-American. What challenges did that bring? Uh, I think with any first career, it was definitely trying to just find my footing and figuring out the industry in general. But then it can definitely be tough, just especially from coming from an HBCU, like I said before, and really being around people who look like you and then kind of being thrust into a space where there isn't anyone who looked like you and you don't really feel like other people understand kind of your path and, and your journey and really trying to find that acceptance and that support and oftentimes that feedback from individuals that don't necessarily kind of just get that. But what I did find was some people who, who did and wanted to challenge me a little bit just to kind of push myself to continue to, to do better. But there were those instances where I wasn't getting that support, where I had to kind of just figure out things to myself and I was kind of just left to the races, which really is what often happens when a lot of black and brown professionals get hired into these companies. There's no one there to really kind of help navigate that for you. And, it, and unless you sometimes get picked up on a team or someone happens to kind of go out of their way to bring you into their fold, you're kind of just left to figure it out. So on top of trying to learn the industry, possibly studying for some exams and trying to meet your goals, you're also in a situation where you don't really know how to navigate or there's no one being a champion there. And you have to kind of work extra hard to get noticed and, and hope that someone will want to, to bring you in and, and give you that support, that guidance and that feedback that you need, especially early on. So there were definitely those moments. And then there were moments when you find people who just want to be champions because they do see something in you. But sometimes that takes extra work. Dana, I can uh, relate to a lot of what you were talking about. I went to an all-women's college. You know, it was a different but a similar experience. And, it, and I just I find those targeted experiences really helpful to break down inhibitions. But you, you spent a long time in this industry in different places and primarily male-oriented industry. What is it about CHIP? How did that idea first come to you? And tell us a little bit about the inception of it and when you thought of it, how long did you think about it before you moved forward? And did you have anybody working on this with you? Originally, before I was working specifically on CHIP, I was kind of working on something similar, which was called Sync Tank. And the premise behind that was just really realizing that there was some sort of void or issue when it comes to just black and brown professionals in general and how we're all very siloed and we don't really know each other. And because of that, we're unable to sometimes do a lot of intentional business with each other. 
at one point I was kind of trying to figure out what this problem was that I was solving and trying to bring a lot of these different communities and different disciplines together. But it was definitely challenging, I think, anytime you're trying to run or build any kind of startup and you're kind of focusing on everyone. Uh, and the goal a lot of times, of course, is to really be niche and, and find that niche and, and what you're focused on and what you're passionate about. Uh, so for kind of taking a couple months to really hone in on what the problem that I was solving, and I couldn't really do that in one sentence, I always do a lot of reading and I was just really reading about pivoting and understanding what that meant, what that meant. And sometimes you have to do that within your business and be open to other things. And I kind of just took a step back and took a moment and really just focused on things that were passionate to me and things that I knew about. And in turn, it was really just the financial industry and the constant involvement and reminder that I was often always the only one, no matter whether I was at larger institutions, mid-sized or on the independent side, which becomes even more siloed when you move in that direction. But even from a consumer standpoint, when I used to run into black and brown consumers of financial products or, or investment products, and they would be the, just the level of kind of excitement and just comfort that would come over someone's face when they realize that you look like them and you kind of have this understanding when you walk into a meeting in, in the room. And it's almost like this, this unicorn <laughs> thing that happens. <laughs> which is, you know, a really good thing. And I think makes people feel comfortable and safe. But as a professional, it's almost kind of heartbreaking that there's not more of us here. So that it's just kind of the norm. So when I kind of took that step back, I was like, well, what can I fix in my industry that is clearly broken from a professional perspective? And then also from a consumer perspective, there needs to be somewhere that people understand that they're not just going to run into every couple of years a, a black and brown professional there we're all over the place and we do exist and we're here and we're experienced and we're extremely intelligent and, and you should definitely utilize our services and that's really where uh, chip came from so changing how individuals prosper is really on both sides of the table it fits to the financial professionals and making sure that we're intentional about kind of coming together in this collaborative space. And then also, as we come together, bringing other people into the fold from a consumer perspective to make them feel comfortable and involved and really engaged to the point where they might not have been before. Even if you are high net worth or you're just getting started, this is really the place for you to, to have that kind of level of comfort, comfort and then get that level of expertise and guidance that you need. The whole thing is just really exciting to me, and especially on the heels of the research that we've been doing. But in our industry, advisors, understandably, are, are most often focused on that high net worth market. And while CHIP can certainly connect high net worth investors to black and brown advisors, I think it's probably more than that. I think you, that was what you were just alluding to. You're trying to pull in people that might have thought that they didn't have enough money for an advisor to take them on. And I know speaking with a lot of black and brown people in this industry, there is that desire to help lift people up in communities, bring this awareness to their counterparts that this does exist and it's for everyone, not just the ultra high net worth. But tell us more a little about. Uh, bit about that aspect. And it's so important. For so long, I think black and brown people have just been kind of left out of this conversation to a certain extent. 
Uh, it's something that we've always wanted to know about, but I think there was also just this stereotype around the fact that we don't care and we don't care about our wealth and, and our family's wealth. And it's kind of, you know, every man for themselves type of mentality. And that's really not the case. It's not who we are as, I guess, a people, not to speak for everyone. <laughs> but I, I think at our core, it's it's really about that that helping. We always want to help. We've always wanted to serve our communities. And that's really what we're about is kind of breaking down those walls and, and letting people know and pulling people up and saying, hey, you know, this is for you too. It doesn't matter what place you're starting from. This isn't a place of judgment. This is a place of bringing you to the table and bringing you to a table in the way that makes you feel understood and comfortable because there's so many different aspects of it. And even if you're someone in the high net worth space and, you know, you're ultra fluent, you've been a very successful black or brown professional and, and whatever you were doing, and you've accumulated this high net worth. If there's only, if the people up in that space don't look like you, you're going to work with whomever is there. And if there's not a lot of black and brown faces, I mean, that's not necessarily your fault. You kind of have to default to who is in front of you at that time. So it's definitely about bringing people in and maybe giving them a place where they can be more intentional about who they want to work with, who they feel comfortable working with and who might really just see them for the first time as not just the dollar sign, but hey, I want to help you and your family. And I have more than a dollar vested interest in this. I actually do care. And this is the space to break down those walls within our community and say that this is something for you too. It doesn't have to be within a bank. It doesn't have to be a consumer debt product. It can be an investment opportunity for you and for your family and figuring out whatever that looks like or wherever you're starting from. Some people, it's not just investments. People on our platform also have financial planning experience and estate planning, you know, insurance, and just overall budgeting and debt management. And maybe that's where you need to start to get to that next phase. But it's really about, you know, come here because there is someone for everyone. And I think that's the biggest thing that we want people, especially in, in our communities, to really understand that this is a real judgment-free zone and we want you to come to the table. And it's important that you do. Well, Dana, we can hear the passion in how you talk about this. And we obviously believe it's a really important thing that you're pursuing. Let's Cut to the nuts and bolts. Tell us about the mechanics of it and the design. It's a two-sided, multi-sided uh, platform for professionals and consumers. So when a consumer comes onto the platform, they can go to our site, which is chipprofessionals.com, and they can click the button that says, I need a professional. From there, they will fill out a questionnaire, which is kind of similar to the questionnaire that the financial professionals fill out. From there, we get that information and we're looking through what they're saying, if they want to meet with someone local, if they prefer to work with a woman or a man, they are focused on budgeting or investment management or insurance. We look at those key factors and then from there, they're matched with you know, their best fit. And from there, we help them set up their first interview and then they go and connect with a financial professional from there. If it's something that they want to kind of come back to and maybe look into someone else, or look for something else, we definitely help them with that as well. So it's a very simple process on both sides. Our professionals come on board and they fill out our application. And we're going through a screening process with them as well and making sure that the people that we do bring on the platform are definitely credible experience 
and do also just share in our in our mission and values, which is extremely important as well. So I want to make sure I have this right. It's Chip Professionals with an S dot com. Yes. Yes. Right. Chipprofessionals.com. Is, is there a cost involved? Uh, right now, no. So right now, it, the, the platform is actually free. <laughs> We're definitely not going to say that it's going to stay that way. We are going to continue to build out our model. But as we are right now, it is free to utilize. I like free. Yeah, everyone likes free. <laughs> so there's no excuses. <laughs> I have no doubt that catches on and people are aware of it. It will be a go-to resource for so, so many people. Speaking of that, what, what are your short-term and your longer-term goals for CHIP? And ultimately, what in five or 10 years from now, what does success look like for CHIP? I think this makes me, I guess, the most excited uh, is really just the vision for what I have. I, I just feel like it's, you know, the vision is just so big. It, it kind of just comes <laughs> to you in, in pieces and parts, but the parts are just so amazing. As far as short-term goals, for us, it's really just about getting the word out and making sure that people are utilizing the platform and getting as many consumers match with professionals as we can, because that's really what starts the base of it. The importance of the fact that for the most part, CHIP is really the only lead generation source specifically built for Black and Latina ex-professionals. And I think that's really important. Definitely a lot of platforms, but we're here to specifically service us in our community. And I think that's really our focus. And as far as long-term planning, it's really just about adding different pieces to the puzzle and, and giving people more of a branding opportunity for the professionals who are on the platform. I think a lot of times within this industry, our voices get lost. And because there's not enough of a scene visually, our message doesn't get heard. So it's important that we're champions for those voices. We just started our represented series, which we're kicking off actually this week to really highlight other financial professionals of color in this in the industry in general to share their knowledge and expert, expertise. And then we also are going to start kicking off very soon our included series so that people are hearing directly from communities of color, uh, communities who have not really had that voice. And I just really see kind of us going in a lot of different directions when it comes to just making sure that our voices are heard from a financial perspective, because these should be normal conversations. I see CHIP's overall growth and success just having an impact on the racial wealth divide and, and kind of just chipping at it and continuously to the point that it's just normal for us to have financial professionals right now, it's not a no, not necessarily the norm. It's normal for us to have debt. It's normal normal for us to have kind of a bank account with something in it. But it's not the norm for all of us to have investment accounts and generational wealth and in life insurance and all of those things in trust and estate plans. I mean, that should just be normalized and it shouldn't be the hardest conversation to have. So we just want to be able to to break down those things. And, and give people passion to, to want to, to be the best they can financially. And I know that we want to do it in our community as, as professionals. I know the people who are consumers want to do it. It's really just about, again, breaking down uh, these barriers and, and letting us in and having access to it. So our goal is to provide as much access as we can. And I think that will just change so many things, even within the industry. 
helping alongside other organizations to get more of us inside the industry will help. And, and hoping that companies themselves will join in on our mission to really just help people of color when they're coming into these, into their uh, companies and making sure they have the guidance and support early on so that we're not continuing to see the uh, retention rates and recruitment rates um, falter. Firms can hire all of the black and brown people they can find, but if they don't create an equitable and an inclusive environment, those people aren't going to stay. And we need to all move in that direction. And another plug for the research that we've done, we found that advisory firms report overwhelming numbers that when they have a diversity initiative, gender, age, racial, LGBTQ, whatever it is, the culture of the firm is improved. That's coming from advisors that say they can feel a difference, a better culture that they're living and working in. And I think right there, it, it just sums it up. We are thrilled that you joined us today. Yeah, thank I you again for having me. To, absolutely. I can't wait to see the future for CHIP. We will definitely be keeping in touch and we want to champion this because we think it's so very important. So thank you so much, Dana. And thank everybody. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on another episode of the Flexible Advisor Podcast. Thanks, Laura, David, and Dana. Dana Wilson of CHIP. You can subscribe to the Flexible Advisor Podcast with Laura Gregg and David Partain of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds by using the subscribe button on this page. You can also share by using the share button. Thank you for listening to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.